Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver. All right, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Touchdown Denver, hosted by myself, George Stoya, and my good friend Nick Ferguson. Nick, how are you doing this morning? I'm, I'm doing great. The question is, how are you doing? Last show. You, you know, you went on this tirade and you were just upset and flabbergasted and everything was going on. So uh, how are you doing today? Honestly, Nick, I don't even I don't even remember what we talked about last episode. So I I thought that was uh, two episodes ago. I also went I think I went a little crazy, too, after the Thursday night game. So maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a little bit crazy, Nick. I don't know. You know what? I, I, I hear sometimes uh, some players say that uh, they, they do certain things and they kind of black out so they don't remember some of those things. Are you going through that same thing that, that sometimes like you go on a rant so much and then you just kind of blank out? It, it, maybe it reminds me of, what, what was the movie Old School? Remember mm. Will Ferrell's character goes to the podium and he's reciting all these scientific and mathematic facts and all of a sudden he blanks out and goes, well, what happened? Is yeah. that what's happening to you? Yeah, about about halfway through the season every year, I just kind of black out and I'm like, I don't remember I don't remember anything that happens. All the games get mixed together for me. Like it doesn't it's it's just, you know, you get you get lost in the sauce a little bit, you know, lost halfway the in the sauce. Uh and, and Nick, have you been watching any any playoff baseball, man? Have you been I know you're a big Yankees fan. You've been watching any uh, any of the playoffs? You know, I, I did get a chance to see the Yankees game, but I did uh watch uh, the Braves game. And mm-hmm. I caught a little of uh, the Dodgers game. I, I didn't see it in its entirety, but 
Uh, I know it was like 3-3 at one point, Padres and Dodgers. But, uh, you know, what? that's the great thing I, I love about, you know, October because you have so many things happening. The NFL season is kicked off. Hockey is in full swing. Basketball season uh, is taking place as well. And then he's got, you know, it's like the hunt for red October in, in baseball. And that's when baseball really, really get uh, exciting. And that's when I truly start to watch. So uh, I didn't get a chance to watch as much as I wanted to because I was doing some other things. But I definitely will watch uh, from here on out. Yeah, I got to watch uh, my Mariners play the other day, and they lost on a, a walk-off three-run home run, and I was like, well, that's enough baseball for me. So, <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, wait, 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 wait. So, so you, you go on these rants on a podcast, and then you blank out and you don't remember. Uh-huh. So your Mariners, you know, uh, lose, and all of a sudden you blank out and you're done. Come on, yeah. George. Don't tell me you are a quitter. I am a quitter, especially when it comes to baseball fandom, because baseball is not really my sport. The only reason I cheer for my, my buddy works for them, so I've kind of jumped on the bandwagon. I think it's their uh, first time in the playoffs in you know twenty some years or whatever. So uh, I was like, oh, I'll cheer for him, and and I like uh, Julio Rodriguez, the their, their rookie of the year, great guy. So it seems like uh, though they're they're going to get beat by the Astros. So I, I'm kind of off the bandwagon now, but I, I know when to jump off and, and jump on bandwagons, Nick. I'm very good at that. You know what, George? Uh, I would have never figured you to be a bandwagon rider, but I'm glad I know now. Yeah, you, you need to know. That's probably the number one thing you need to know about me. <laughs> um, but Nick, let's uh, let's let's cut the baseball talk. We, we've got some important stuff to talk about with football. And one thing I want to start with, with, with today is, is something we both saw uh, you know, this week on, on a different podcast, I believe it's Richard Sherman's podcast. And Richard Sherman's a guy, man, he's been pretty uh, vocal about Russell Wilson uh, the last few months when he, since he's been traded really to the Broncos. Uh, he's really not had some great things to say about him. He had Marshawn Lynch on, though, uh, the other day. And in Marshawn Lynch, actually, it sounded like he had some good things to say about Russell Wilson. I think he talked about you know, uh, he wants to make sure that, that Russell's mind's right, that he's he's worried about him because, you know, they have lost a few games. There's been a lot of critics out there. Uh, and it sounds like Marshawn still has quite a bit of love for Russell. What do you think of that clip? Yeah, I, that, that, that was a great clip. And I think that's not what uh, Richard Sherman intended. He, he thought yeah. that maybe it would go the opposite way because we all know what happened when Russ was a member of the Seattle Seahawks and the Legion of Boom was there. You know, Russ was leading the offense, and then you had Cam Chancellor, and, and Richard was part, part of that, that defense, and they didn't always mesh. And this is probably why Richard Sherman has been really critical of uh, Russell Wilson. And here's save, come save me to the day, and it's someone that you don't even think that would actually do it, uh, the outspoken Marshawn Lynch. And for me, it was, like, great to hear Marshawn say that about Russell and not really go in on him like local media has, national media has. And for him to say, well, listen, man, Russell got to, has to remember that he is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He is a high caliber quarterback that has won some uh, great games in this league and beat some good quarterbacks, some good teams in this league. He has to remember that. But, George, what happens when you start to go down a slump as a player or as a team Sometimes you forget about all the positives that you bring to the table and you're just so overwhelmed by the negative uh, narratives and all the noise that sometimes you even get down on yourself. So I'm glad that Marshawn Lynch 
uh, said that about Russell. And I hope Russell actually heard it himself to just kind of give him a, a, a boost of confidence to know that here's a guy, once again, a very outspoken guy, and he speaks what's on his mind, but he's saying these things about you. Those are very powerful things that Marshawn said. Right. And, and I think it's interesting because there's been this narrative out there that a bunch of people in, in Seattle, a bunch of his teammates didn't like him when he was with the Seahawks. And and I think if there's one guy that should maybe be at the top of that list, maybe it's Marsh, Marshawn Lynch. When you think about obviously the play uh, against the against the Patriots in the Super Bowl mm -hmm. where, you know, everybody said they should have handed it off to Marshawn Lynch. Uh, instead, they, they put the ball in Russell's hands and Russell you know throws the interception and they lose the game. And you would think that Marshawn Lynch would probably still be bitter about that or, or whatever. Uh, but no, Marshawn is a guy that I think Marshawn is a very honest guy. I think we've learned that uh, throughout his career. So for him to come out and back Russell, uh, I think it was it was a good thing. And, and it also kind of leads into another discussion for us, Nick, is like, again, in, in Seattle, we don't exactly know what happened there. And if there were some teammates that didn't like Russell and some teammates that did, because we've heard. You know, now Marshawn Lynch, Tyler Lockett's come out and talked highly of, of Russell, uh, some of those other guys. Do you think, though, that in Denver he's he's won over this locker room yet? Or do you think he he maybe is starting to lose it? Because I do think when you look at what the the success has been so far in Denver, it's been very low. And obviously it's early. But do you think at all he's, he's lost the locker room at all in Denver? No, I, I don't. And, and George, it's very interesting that we're having this conversation because – uh, there was a member of uh, the media, the local media here, who called me and had his statements as far as what he was saying that some guys in the locker room have said to him. And he alluded to that very fact that, yes, Russ is losing the locker room. And I'm like, well, who are you talking to? And because when I talk to guys in the locker room, I'm like, that's that's not what, what, I, what I'm getting. And if there is a player who is upset with, with Russell, then maybe they should start looking at, at themselves because this the Broncos are not in a position where now you get all this finger pointing, it's your fault, it's your fault. No, there is fault all around that building, from the players to the coaching staff. So I, I think it's kind of a, a while to hear these conversations. And they're not just being had from, from a local standpoint. Even on national media, they're talking about, you know, Russell and his leadership and is he leading the right way. And what I mean by that is we all know what happened on Thursday night. It wasn't one of Russ's best games, and I'm sure he would agree to it as well. And the question became, well, can he, as, as a guy that's having a, a bad game and the team gave up a King's ransom to acquire him, can he now go in and talk to the other guys about some of the issues that, that they're having? And the, the, the answer to that was, oh, no, he can't do that. He's not having a great game, so how can he go and talk to another player about how poorly that they're performing. But but once again, as a player or individual that's been in that locker room, there have been times where, you know, a guy may not have, have had a, a good game, but he's still able because of his leadership and the respect that he's garnered up to that point. He can talk to the other guys about what they did wrong, but the way that you do it, you don't start off, George, talking about what someone else did wrong. You start off saying, okay, well, here's what I did wrong. Here's how I can correct what, I need to correct. And then you go into it. And I feel as though Russ has done that by standing up at the podium and, you know, taking, you know, the, the, those negative uh, criticisms and saying, you know what? Yes, I need to get better. 
you know, this is what I needed to do, but he still can lead this team, even though he didn't have a great game on Thursday night. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's lost the locker room. I think that's a little bit of an exaggeration, which obviously, Nick, you know people here uh, and, and in the media in general like to do, right? They like to exaggerate things. Uh, and look, it's it's too early to say that anyone's lost the locker room. I know there's people out there even talking about this coaching staff and have they lost the locker room? I, I just don't, I don't buy that yet. I, I get it. It's not been great through five weeks and Thursday night was certainly a low point in terms of, especially what the offense has been doing. So I understand people want to be frustrated and, and point the finger and say, well, it's because Russell's losing the locker room or, or whatever. Let's not forget that like a lot of the guys on this football team have been on losing football teams in the previous years. Like they know what this looks like. This isn't like, this is something new to them. And sure. I'm sure it's frustrating, but I don't think they're all of a sudden going, Oh, well it's Russell Wilson's fault. Like I, I just don't buy that. I also don't buy that. They're, they're throwing Nathaniel Hackett totally under the bus. Like now if they go out and they can't start winning some games here in the next you know few weeks, then maybe some, some finger pointing starts happening. But I just don't buy that, that people are already starting to throw certain people under the bus. And I think you're right, Nick. I think everybody needs to take a good look in the mirror at this situation because at the end of the day, it is a team sport and it's never usually one person's fault that one team is is failing to succeed the way that they want to. So I, I think that that you're you're right on that. And, and maybe there's some young guys that are that are upset, but those are just some of the maturity and growing pains that I think you're going to have on a football team. But Nick, Nick, at what point though? Let me ask you this: At what point, if you're in that locker room, is there ever a point that you start losing faith in Russell Wilson? And, and does it is it beyond this year? Like like do do you start thinking about that? The next year, or is that something that hey, if they lose the next couple games, maybe the 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 faith in Russell and, or the coaching staff starts to go down? Hey, full transparency, yeah, it can happen, right? Yeah. And and that doesn't necessarily mean George that it's going to be all of the teammates in that locker room. You will have a couple of guys here and there who are huddling in the corner, who are having their own conversations about you know what's not really happening with the team, and usually that happens. You know, especially on the offensive side of the ball, when someone feels as though they're not getting their touches, they're not getting their carries, because you got to think about it. You know, money is always the motivator because you may have a guy on an expiring deal or a guy who may have incentives in his contract. And if I am not getting the ball, I can't get those incentives. So that's how those things start to happen. And it's, and it's a little different defensively because we get a chance to go out defensively and really make our own mark by making plays ourselves. Now, we have to play within the scheme, but I can go out and I can make a tackle. I mean, the quarterback doesn't really dictate what my stats are going to be defensively. Offensively, you have those particular issues. So I can easily see, maybe even now, or even over the couple uh, uh, coming weeks, that maybe one or two or, or maybe even three guys on, on maybe a running back, a wide receiver, or offensive line, they just started, well, as we call it, feeling themselves, and now they're upset because they feel as though they have now made to look poorly to their peers and their peers in the NFL, and they're looking for someone to blame. And for me, in those situations, you always go back to what can you do as a player to make your defense or your offense that much better? 
And if you're constantly worrying about someone else, George, then that means you're not worrying about what you need to do as an individual. But I can tell you in team sports, it is something that happens because people are always looking to blame someone else when things are not going right. Yeah, and it is interesting, the offense versus defense dynamic in this, in, in the sense that, like, obviously, like you said, the defense can go out and make a tackle. But do you do you think that they ever get frustrated? Especially, I mean, especially some of these veteran guys that have been around here have played good defensive football, and they continue to lose games because the offense can't score. Don't you think the frustration level will – I mean, the frustration level will eventually set in for both sides. But I feel like at some point, the defensive guys – like, I remember Bradley Chubb got up there – after the Colts game and was like, no, 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 we, we trust the offense will figure it out. Eventually they're going to hit a breaking point, right? Like they're eventually going to get pissed off that like, Hey, we're, we're, we're playing good enough to win football games. The offense needs to get it together. Yeah, of course, George, it's, it's, it's only natural that they're, they're human. Yeah. They're, they're going to feel that because it's like being in uh, any relationship. You, you're always looking for your partner to pull their fair share of the weight. And when they're not, I mean, you're going to make it known. I mean, in a marriage, you don't have teammates that you can go and talk to. You may talk to your boys. You may talk to your mom or your siblings. And you, and the biggest thing you need to do is talk to the person that you're involved with. So if that is something that starts to happen in that locker room, and I can tell you it's, it's on the verge of happening because it's a natural thing. All you have to do is, is go to your teammates and talk to them. You know, what can we do to help you guys come along? Not go in aggressive like, hey, man, it is your fault and you did this. No, no one wants to be attacked in that way. Just go to them as teammates. Like, look, man, we know it's been rough. We've had our issues at times when we're playing great for three quarters and then there's a drive uh, with two minutes left and we allow the team to move the ball down the field like the Raiders game. And, you know, you saw what Josh Jacob was able to do to the defense. We, we We've all been there. But we're teammates. We win and lose together. So what can we do to help you guys in practice to make you guys more prepared? That is the solution, and that is the conversation. So I hope that uh, they, they're they having that, that conversation at UC Health Training Facility. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't know anything about marriage, Nick, so I can't comment on that. <laughs> um, but uh, I do think it's an interesting dynamic right now in that locker room, and, and it'll be interesting to hear – some of the guys talk today and, and later this week as, as they move forward. But Nick, uh, let's take a quick break and then we will dive into uh, one guy. I know there's been a lot of injuries for the Broncos, but one guy that it looks like they're getting back this week that could be a big boost, especially on the defensive side of the football. 